Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Autastic, your comedian's guide to autism. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Kirk Smith, and there's a co-host here. I'm Graham K. Everybody, this, uh, like Kirk said, is a comedian guide to autism. I have an autistic brother. He's got an autistic son. We're figuring it out. Um, you talked to JJ lately, your son. Yeah. We so long-time listeners know this, but I have a daily call with JJ at about 1:30 every day. It's supposed to be. And um, supposed to be every day, which means it ends up being four or five times a week. Because it's like, you know, some days that he doesn't, I don't yeah. one of the aides forgets or like. I mean, I, I'm supposed to call my parents every Sunday and I forget. I forget <laughs> about every second Sunday, to be honest. <laughs> Pretty brutal. So it's four or five times a week. But uh, it's what's what's ha- been happening lately is... Uh, Long-time listeners know this, too, but he loves to be naked, right? So he, he really has a propensity to, to, to just robe. And so the compromise is often keep the underwear on. You know, keep on, mm-hmm. keep your pants on. If you want yeah. to take your shirt off, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. Please keep your underwear on. Keep your pants on. So, and that's been pretty consistent. Well, the funny thing that's been happening lately is he calls. You know, it's a FaceTime audio call or it's a, it's not a FaceTime. It's a Facebook video call or a Skype call. And um, he'll be sitting there at a table. He's got like full hairy chest, like way hairier than me. Looks like a little Turkish mafia man. And all his arms crossed and he'll be leaning back and he'll be staring (laughs) right at the camera. (laughs) And then, you know, and I'll be like, how you doing, son? Well, two days ago, I'm I'm helping somebody move. I I, I, in the summer, I I got a job uh, with a moving company. Keep me busy. Keep my mind occupied, whatever. So I, yeah. I stop what I'm doing. I put down my box and I'm like, I tell, you know, I tell my buddy, like, give me a second, you know, cause I don't take a break all day. We're just like plowing through. Give me a second. I take this call every day. He's like, yeah, yeah, no. So then, um, I'm like, how you doing? And, uh, and he's just staring at me, you know, like I, you know, I'm like, I miss you, you know, thinking about you. And I, I turned the corner and then I could see like out of the corner of my eye, the client can see me like video calling another grown man who's shirtless, arms crossed, who looks like he's, di- <laughs> <laughs> looks like he's disappointed in me, <laughs> who's just like <laughs> staring at me so hard, just like just staring at me, you know, no smile, nothing. And paying like, you for this? <laughs> exactly. That's what it looks like. Yeah. It looks like I'm talking to my boss. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and this goes on for another I don't know. Usually, usually a minute or two. You lose interest, and I'm always like, one minute, give me one minute. Just, you know, give me one minute. And uh, sure enough, that's what it was. He doesn't say anything. Sometimes he's a little chatty. You know, we recorded those. Yeah. Sometimes he says nothing. So he's saying nothing, shirtless. You can see his nipples, full chest, arms crossed, just staring me down, mad dog at me. And the client, and so then I finally get off the cl- the phone. I'm like, that's my son. Uh, he, uh, it's my son. We have a call every day. He's He's disabled. And the guy looks at me like he doesn't believe me at all. Cause, really? <laughs> well, I've kind of a young face. And, and J- yeah. JJ's starting to like, his hair's starting to thin a little Receding. bit up top. Yeah. yeah. And so it looks like, you know, I don't look like I'm 25, but but uh, he looks like a full-on man. Like he's, <laughs> he's, got, he's got a full thing of ch- his hair everywhere. He's got like, a, yeah. he's got stubble. He's got like, he's got better beard and chest hair than I do. You look late thirties, and he looks early thirties. Yeah, that's what it yeah. looks like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like he's one of my buddies, and he's the hard guy of the crew, and I'm the artistic guy of the crew. So it's yeah. like <laughs> you designed the patches that go in the back of the leather jackets. 
I ride in the back of the motor- motorcycle. I'm like, let's go, Snake. And uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so that was that. We got a good laugh out of that. The client just like looked at me, and made like a kind of, oh, okay, and, like walked away. I'm like, he totally didn't believe me. But that's um, <laughs> really funny. That could be a bit. <laughs> well, maybe Make I didn't think a of bit. it. It's a long explanation, but maybe. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to workshop that off air. Well, it works. I think that's a good one. Yeah. So, so if you listeners don't know, my son is severely disabled. He's nonverbal, so even when he talks, he doesn't really uh, enunciate well. He, there's a lot of parroting back different phrases from, oh, shows he likes or whatever, but it's not like a clear, concise sentence structure or... So, yeah, it's very interesting. Very, very interesting. I'll well, I mean, that, that's, that's pretty awesome. That's one of my favorite stories I've heard in a while. Um, but he's, he's healthy though. JJ's, you think he's okay? He's doing good. Um, cars with the cars, have they been using the car? They've been using the car a little bit. Now it's time for winter tires. November 1st is winter tires. So Kirk, if, uh, if you haven't been listening the past few episodes, Kirk went to Sweden and bought a used car for the, uh, home that he lives in for, for the, for JJ and the other kids, mostly hopefully for JJ. Hopefully JJ gets yeah. use out of it. But yeah, but anybody and can all use the it. nurses to yeah. you know do joy rides in. And <laughs> mostly for drag racing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just imagine just a lot of IKEA runs in Sweden. Who wants to go to Estonia? We've got a new beater. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, rally car racing. But uh, yeah, he's doing good. He's uh, so uh, Wednesday tomorrow. They're they're putting the. Um, Snow tires on. I bought them, and they're in the trunk or the you know the the, the back part of the car. But um, yeah, they need to put those on. So I think it's going good. It was, that trip was really good. Like it was one of those things. Like when I did it, I was a little bit whatever, and it's emotional and this and that. But now, uh, in hindsight, hundred percent the right thing to do. The car was the right oh. thing to do. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, hundred percent the right thing to do. So it was good. Hopefully, I get to see him. Um, in January, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm trying not to think too far ahead. It's hard to make plans this ding dong pandemic. You know what? You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. It's by my parents. I was like, I think I might go to L.A. for um, January. Not there are no real work out there. I mean, there might be some more shows out there for me to do because the weather's warm. There's more outdoor shows, but um, uh. It's mainly just to for mental health and whatever, and just to get out of New York for the dead of winter because it's going to shut down again and all that. And I got friends I could stay with for free and, and stuff. And I was talking to my parents, and they're like, well, you shouldn't do that. It's all this extra time on a plane. I'm like, wait a second. You're flying to Vancouver Island <laughs> in February. That's farther, probably. <laughs> You're a, you guys are 100 years old. So in their defense, anyway, Vancouver Island is beautiful. <laughs> it's well, it's the only part in Canada that doesn't snow in the winter. Yeah, it's the so Hawaii want, of Canada. <laughs> yeah, they want to go there and just like golf. It'll be like fifty-five degrees and sunny. And they'll be like, like, "Oh, it's brisk." <laughs> yeah, my my dad will be wearing shorts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get those get those K those K white legs out there. <laughs> yeah. So. uh yeah, but that's that that's going on with them. Peter's doing really well. Um, 
No, no real change. He's uh, no, it's November, so he's already sent out the Christmas emails. You know, I like it. You got, yeah. you, you have the, you have the list of requests of things he wants for, for Christmas. Yep, it's the first Christmas in almost twenty years where I'm not going to buy him a Star Wars figure because he, because we, we reached the end of the road on that. I bought them all. He has everything. He's got everything, and. Um, Except for Princess Leia, because he donated them to her to the Salvation Army because she, quote, has too many clothes. <laughs> so, well, other, other, she has all of them. Ex- she, I, I think he's just a misogynist. I've talked about this on the podcast. Yeah, the, but, the, the irony is you could fit all those little costume clothes in the size of a shoebox. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's, just, it's just too much, you know? And you got to get a little Star Wars walk in closet, you know, for her or whatever. Whatever girls like, I don't know, you know, but um, this is just two single guys who have not figured it out. <laughs> no, no, I'm just looking at my studio apartment, going, yeah, two, I wonder why. Two yeah. unmarried guys, just like, huh. yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for a girlfriend, though. Look I've at decided. this. I'm ready. Oh, I'm ready. Alert, alert the presses. <laughs> I think Peter. I was talking to Peter about relationships because uh, you know we did we reviewed Love on the Spectrum yeah. and it really got me thinking about my brother. Do you know getting back in the game, the dating game, and I, you know, just I'm trying to kick the tires again and be like, you know, what about who? What about this? What about yeah. her? What about that? And he's like, Graham, I am not interested in that. But he goes, but I think you. <laughs> he saw he through goes, your little plan. Yeah, he goes, he goes, yeah, but when are you gonna get a girlfriend? Because he kind of lives vicariously through me. When are so you gonna get fun. a girlfriend so I can eyeball her shoulders when she comes over for Christmas dinner? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, my brother loves a, a low slung shoulder um but yeah he also but he, you know he likes when i have a girlfriend because that means he, that when i bring her over he can like talk to her and flirt with her and stuff and it's very exciting for him um and uh so he's he's anxious for that so i gotta get i gotta i gotta figure it out i gotta get back out there um yeah, but I, other than that, there's no new change, and he's, you know, I've taught him how to text this week, and he doesn't like texting. Okay. He's not into it. Okay. My whole family, I'm the only, I, no one texts. I text people, all three of them, no one texts me back. So, yeah, we're old school. The twist is they've all blocked your number, but yeah. <laughs> that could be there. That could be, that could be it. <laughs> That could be it. Um, should, um, we, should we do that in the news? Let's do it. Am I reading this one or are you reading this one? I can't remember what we decided. Uh, I think you found the article, so you can read it. Okay. You, unless, yeah. This is a, this is a subject that, that's come up quite a bit, uh, especially as it relates to Peter and and uh, and, and JJ. We've, we've both talked about this, but uh, uh, this is on Spectrum News. Why it is imperative to ask autistic adolescents about bullying. Adolescents with autism are more likely than their neurotypical peers to experience bullying. They're also more likely to have suicidal thoughts and behavior. We know that bullying contributes to suicide. To suicide. Suicide. Suicidality. That's what it says. I think it might be a typo. And typically suicidal. Suicidality. Anyway, in developing adolescents, when the news. Yeah, maybe we can. Cut that part. Honestly, honestly, thought you were having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> suicide, 
Suicide. Suicidal. And then it ends in no. I-T-Y. Suicidality. It's on one of his ticks again. He's, he got stuck again. <laughs> gotta shake wrong. him. <laughs> shake yeah. him around. Shake him up. It's like the scene from Airplane where everybody takes a turn slapping him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't make that scene today. No, you could not. No. And I think uh, she no. really got slapped a few times. Anyway. When the news covers this person's tragic death by suicide, bullying is often mentioned. This anecdotal evidence is borne out by the research. Young people who experience bullying are 1.4 to 10 times as likely to develop suicidal thoughts or behaviors as their non-bullied peers are. Most of the time, having suicidal thoughts and behaviors goes hand-in-hand with having a psychiatric condition, something that is also more common among adolescents with autism than among typical developing children. But not all people who are diagnosed with a psychiatric condition experience suicidal thoughts and behavior. The higher incidence of non-occurring psychiatric conditions in adolescents with autism may reflect on an underlying biological vulnerability or the fact that they're exposed to more stressors than their typically developing peers. In the new study, we controlled for the presence of non-occurring psychiatric conditions and other possible co-founders that could influence suicidality, I think that's a word, independently Mm. of bullying. We found that adolescents with autism who experience bullying are still twice as likely as those who did not to later develop suicidal thoughts and behavior. Our findings underscore the importance of identifying and preventing bullying among autistic youths. Bullying must be viewed as a negative outcome for children with autism and not be accepted as something for which there's no solution. We examined the records, the clinical records, excuse me, of 680 autistic adolescents who had been referred to the mental health clinic in South London, England. We focused on adolescents who were not suicidal in their initial visits. At that first assessment, 30% of the adolescents in our sample reported being bullied by peers. They were nearly twice as likely as those who did not report bullying to go on to have suicidal thoughts or behaviors during the next five years. Our findings could support a number of casual theories of suicidality. One, we feel is clinically helpful in the the interpersonal theory of suicide, which suggests that a combination of three factors leads to suicidal behavior. Thwarted belongingness, perceived burdensomeness, and acquired capability. Belongingness is our sense that we are accepted by others. Being married, having children, having many friends are all associated with lower levels of suicide. It's easy to understand how being bullied by one's peers might negatively affect one's sense of belonging. Being bullied can also exacerbate perceived burdensomeness, which is the belief that others or society would be better off without you. Young people who experience bullying may also become habituated to painful experiences and as a result feel less fear of death than do other young people. This sort of desensitization leads to the acquired capability of suicide, which is necessary for suicidal thoughts to be acted upon. Call to action. In our experience, clinicians who see autistic adolescents may may regard bullying so pervasive that it's hardly worth commenting on. We urge clinicians to fight this tendency and make a concerted effort to ask children with autism about bullying. And when a one young autistic person reports bullying to mental health professionals, it needs to be taken seriously. Our research suggests that bullying not only contributes to suicidal risks, but also to the impacts of young people's 
treatment trajectories. Most clinic most clinical services involve scheduling assessments that outline what essential information clinicians could collect during the assessments with young people. We suggest that information about bullying should be added to those assessments. Some adolescents may not feel comfortable sharing information about bullying with a professional that they just met, but we ask, but by asking about it early on, for example, simply asking, do you feel anyone is being really mean to you at the moment? We can make it clear that that's something appropriate for them to talk about with their clinician. When the information about bullying is difficult to collect from the young person directly, clinicians should query family members, caregivers, or the school. Teachers play a key role. In school settings, evidence evidence suggests that intensive anti-bullying interventions in which teachers meet with parents are most effective. Schools can also benefit from autistic autism spectrum Sorry, from autism-specific anti-bullying strategies, including befriending interventions, which help autistic children form friendships with typical peers. Schools should also use robust evaluations for assessing the effectiveness of such interventions and involve young people with autism in the development of their anti-bullying policies. Although, Although moving schools would be a last resort, it is sometimes necessary. These moves should be well-planned with input from the prospective school and the clinician. The schools who are normally keen to help early on, they generally want to ensure a successful transition for the new students. For autistic adolescents remaining at their school or moving to the new one, clinicians and teachers should be focused on creating interventions that enable them to develop a sense of belonging and to identify the value that they bring to the people around them. In fact, these approaches can be applied to all students as a universal approach to prevent bullying. Clinicians need support need to support local schools and leaders in sustaining their anti-bullying strategies. There should also be a quote-unquote live issue within their school. In our experience, the children who really value local clinicians providing advice on their school leadership, especially when advocating regular awareness campaigns on the serious consequences of bullying can have on the mental health of young people and need to provide targeted approaches to support those with autism. Okay, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Okay, in addition to school-based bullying, cyberbullying is becoming an emerging concern. Further research is needed as we suspect that young people with autism... I love, not- I love, I love that you skipped ahead and then realized you were near the end. Yeah. Took me a yeah. while. <laughs> yeah. The majority of cyberbullying prevention efforts. That's too behind the the curtain. Don't 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 don't, don't tip our hands to these people. They're not, they're he not said I'm going to skip ahead, <laughs> and he did not skip ahead, folks. <laughs> I meant to, and then I realized uh, we're almost at the you, end. We're one one paragraph. I was looking left. for a good uh, spot to. Uh, whatever. I know. The I latest know. version of the long-term plan issued by the United Kingdom's health, sorry, National Health Services, calls upon the mental health professionals to look beyond their consulting rooms, and think about the mental health efforts in communities. Bullying prevention initiatives are often left to schools or websites. Given the serious consequence bullying has on mental health, however, mental health professionals should play an active role in developing and evaluating anti-bully initiatives. Wow, that was long. You did a great job. I got tired of listening to myself. (laughs) You did a great job. Well, what that's, do you think that, about that, in, bud? That's it's in Spectrum News. If you want to read it um, yourself, for whatever reason, um, yeah, it's just hard to implement that sort of thing. Like, how, how wet at what level are they? You know, I don't agree. I like the I like I like the thing about asking them, is anybody being really mean to you? No, it's all great and good. It's just how often do you bring your kid in to get mentally evaluated? 
I think though, yeah. Well, that part I thought was about kind of for the parents, right? Where it's like, right. ask if they're being mean to you, and then you know, then share that with the clinician. So I thought I figured I felt like that was addressed to the parents. So no, you're had, right. You're right. We had a problem I, with bullying in our family. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, please. I, I was just gonna say we had a problem uh, for me and for JJ. I was. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like he was bullying me. No, but uh, <laughs> no, we had a problem. Uh, your client would believe that. Right. He's like, that poor yeah. man is getting yelled at by the mm-hmm. Turkish, a Turkish drug lord. Um, yeah. We, I went to eight schools, like three high schools. So I, um, yeah, uh, and uh, I thought it was normal. So I didn't tell anybody really. You got bullied when you were a kid. Yeah. I remember especially you first, first grade and third grade. First grade, I started the new school. Third grade, I started the new school. Uh, and fourth grade, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I wrote about it. One of the things that happened, I was in El Salvador, and they used to bully you based on which political party you'd choose. And I obviously didn't know anything about Salvadorian politics when I was seven. So yeah. <laughs> it would be like, are you... Uh, it was like Duarte, La PSP, and Arena. So it was like, are you blue or green? And you're like, I don't know. So you'd be like, oh, it's gonna, it's like America now. It's going to be great. So like blue, and then somebody punches yeah. you in the stomach, and you're like, I meant green. Green is what I meant to say. Yeah. So, and I, I, I wrote about it in my book, and, and that was the first time my mom found out about it. And she's like, you never said that. And I was like, I didn't know that was, yeah, I guess I didn't, but I didn't know at the time, like, that's not supposed to happen. I thought that was just like, that's just how it is. You go to school and then people corner you in the bathroom and ask you what political party you like and then punch you in the stomach or face, depending on if it's the right answer. <laughs> so this could, ha- you know, this could happen to any kid, basically. Yeah. Probably, but uh, people, kids with autism are more susceptible, obviously. Yeah. And then we had a thing with JJ where he, this is when we lived in the Bronx and he um, got off the bus and he was all scratched up and, um, yeah, so and we had to go talk to the, you know, he's all scratched up, and we had the bus driver's like, well, I didn't want to intervene. I'm driving the bus. We had to have a whole thing. It was a whole, it was a really tough thing. And then somebody on the bus had taught him to say, I'm stupid. I'm stupid. So, yeah, had, yeah. Yeah, I think we talked about this before, but the bullying thing's tough. I think Peter's gone through this too, right? Yeah, same thing on the bus. My parents didn't know, so it would have really helped. I mean, they're dealing with a zillion things. Yeah. But it's just one more thing to think of. But um, it probably would have helped if they knew about it, and they probably would have knew about it if they asked. Well, I think it's good to ask. A, like, I like that leading question. Is anybody? Because if you say, "Is anybody bullying you?" It's like, "Oh, is anybody being yeah, really mean to you?" Peter wouldn't oh, know what yeah. bullying. Yeah, that, right. yeah, exactly. You know, so exactly. That's a good point. But yeah, it's it's just one more thing you don't think you have to worry about as a parent, but I, I, you do, and. Uh, when they found out, they were they were devastated, especially my mother. Yeah, you know. And then they, you know, they sent him to a a day camp because, like, an after school sort of day camp mm-hmm. thing because um, they were both working, and and it was the summer, and he is still traumatized about that. Mm. He talks about it all the time. People would just bully. There was no one. There was no like-minded kids, no real people with disabilities, and it was just—I uh, think it—he was just a strange kid people would make fun of, and it really, 
and mess with them. And he's kind of, he talks to a therapist now and, and that's really helped him. But and that was 20 years ago. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Probably 22 years ago. So yeah, he's still just recovering from that. But it's, it's, I don't know. You just don't think that kids, they're kids. They're, they're that, they are that evil, you know? So I don't know. Some are good. I, I don't know. <laughs> I sounded like all kids are evil, what I meant. But it, that's not what I think. It's just kids are dumb. I think kids could be, kids could be very mean. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do think so, if you're a parent, though, I do think it's an important question to ask your 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 loved one with autism if there's if there's somebody that's uh, particularly mean to them consistently, and yeah. then it has to be something that has to be addressed. And you're right, it is one more thing, and it's a pain in the butt, and it's, but it's like uh, I don't know what the other solution is. Otherwise, you're like Peter, and you're talking about it 22 years later, and you're not done talking about it. You're gonna keep talking yep. about it. Yep. I don't but, know if I uh, told this story, oh, but um, I'm not a tough guy by any stretch, but I used to box a little bit. And I, when I was about 30, mid thirties, early thirties, so I was in okay shape, not like now. And uh, I was at the Miami airport and I ran into one of these kids who used to bully me and I recognized him because it looked exactly the same. Now, when we hmm. were like seven, we were all the same height, but now he's like, five four and i'm like six two and i used to box from el salvador yes and it took every bit of self-control uh el salvador took every bit of self-control me to not physically (laughs) beat the living snot out of this guy (laughs) we were both grown men he probably wouldn't even remember like if i like you know uh, uh, he said hi to me i said hi to him and i was like hey how you doing but like it took he obviously didn't remember it like I remember it because it took everything. It's him and his little two or three little friends they used to pick on me, and, and it took every bit of self control. That and sometimes at night, I still think about I should have just beat the snot out of that kid. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, because I feel or like he got when off. When you were seven, when yeah. you were seven. Yeah, but he got off. I know, but it would have been ten years ago now, and I would apologize for it. And I'd be like, "You still mad now? That was when I was thirty-two. Now I'm forty-six. You're still mad." <laughs> I mean, whatever. He's a kid. He didn't know. I know, but I didn't do it. What's the the Bible verse? Yeah, it's good he didn't get arrested in the Miami airport. Bro, put on a was, watch list. It was everything in me to to not do that. Why? Well, he, when I was seven in El Salvador, he pushed me. He every he said, day belittled me and called me a cockroach and like knocked my food into me and like would flick my ears and yeah. And there's three of them. And every once in a while, I would hit somebody, but every once in a, it's like, yeah. Hmm. It took every bit of me to not hit that guy. I'm, I'm being honest. It was like, woo, still makes me hot. <laughs> hot, angry, not good looking. Did yeah. he recognize you? Yeah, he said hi to me. Like He obviously didn't remember it the way I remembered it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he's jealous of you for being tall and good looking and not knowing that inside your life is shambles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> what do you know? What do you know? He doesn't have to know the story but uh, no all that to say yeah. that stuff has a long it's it's a has a long trajectory on it and it's, sometimes it's frustrating yeah for sure well would you, i think <laughs> i think that horn is a good signal for us to end this episode guys that's our new uh our new sound guy whenever it's time to wrap it up he just goes outside and sits on the horn for a second yeah <laughs> new york city lets you know when it's time to stop doing whatever you're doing 
I feel like they'd let me know it for years. They're like, you're done, Kirk. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) This has been fantastic. Guys, if you enjoy this even a little bit, take a second, get on whatever app you're on, and write a review and put five stars. Listen, we're getting thousands of listens every episode, and we've got a couple hundred reviews. And not that it's competitive, but I have another friend, Eddie DeLaSepi, who's got a podcast that's brand new. He's got 700 reviews. Guys, we can do this. We can beat that other podcast and get this up to 400 reviews, at least half of what he's doing. He's only been doing the podcast 11 months. Come on, guys. Take a second. Come on. It would really help me out, and I'll be less angry about Alvaro Escalón, in case I see him again in the Miami airport. Not that I remember his name. Alvaro (laughs) Escalón. Muerte. And uh, I will, uh, no, 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 not, not muerte, just beaten to a, yeah. I will be in Florida this Pancho. week. <laughs> I will be in Florida this week, Thursday, uh, I don't remember the place, Friday at the Improv, Saturday at a place called Have Nots, which is very appropriate. Uh, you can get on my Instagram, Kirk's with Comedy. I'll put all the details there. Graham, tell us what's going on with you, bud. Oh, well, uh, nothing's going on. Um, that's it. Uh, <laughs> What's your thanks Instagram? Thanks for asking. <laughs> what um, is your Instagram and Twitter? <laughs> I'm at Instagram K and Mr. Graham K on Twitter. Instagram K on Instagram and Mr. Graham K on Twitter. As always, Patreon.com, folks, to donate. Patreon.com slash Autastic to donate. Um, yep, nothing's going on. I gotta, <laughs> gotta go the grocery look on shopping. His face. The look um, on his face while he thinks of this stuff is great. Did laundry, got that out of the way. I gotta call the bank. Screenplay has um, been written. Come on now, buddy. You got stuff. I gotta. Up. I need to order new socks. I need to up my sock game. I think I need a new. Grabs going to Costco, team. everybody. <laughs> I need a new team. Well, hey, you're leaving me your car for this Florida trip, so I may go to Costco. I'll leave you my I'll Costco be, card too, if you want. <laughs> I'll be swimming in socks and. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. What a life. What a life, folks. Hey, guys. Um, Have a great week, guys. You can do it.